0: Welcome to another episode of the Self Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Mattson, your host and the editor of Self Build Magazine. So, tonight we're lucky to be joined by Neve O'Donovan of the Instagram account Passive Build. Hi, Neve. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. (laughs)
0: Brilliant stuff. Um, So just to introduce the project quickly, um, yourself and your partner in crime, Mark, um, built a house in County Waterford that's an upside down house with the living room upstairs to take advantage of the views is my understanding of that concept. So you guys designed the house yourself obviously and um, you built it, decided to build it to the passive house standard which is basically a methodology that's fairly commonly used now in Ireland um, to ensure the house is going to require very little energy to keep warm but also to keep cool in summer which hopefully that happened for you when we had the heat wave there <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the house yeah so basically it's super well insulated super airtight and has a mechanical ventilation system with heat recovery just to get fresh air in. But the the big plus there is that you didn't need to have a central heating system, so that's... That's a big deal there. And the reason for that as well is not only your the choice of going passive house, but the fact that you guys were so stringent on site, making sure that it was built to the actual specification, um, which is obviously key to insulating and making a house airtight. So the topic tonight is direct labor self-builds. So basically not hiring a main contractor, going at it yourself and um, being brave about it and organizing the entire thing from A to Z. So you've learned, and you've learned so much about the process. You've just launched a new um, service, I guess we can call it, um, housegoals.ie, a self-built consultancy for anyone who's kind of a, a novice, really, and you walk them through the steps. So that's a website to check out for anyone who's starting off. Um, but I suppose, Niamh, we'll start off with your reasons to, to go direct labor as opposed to choosing a main contractor.
1: Okay, thanks Astrid, that was a lovely introduction there. Um, So basically we went with direct labour because my partner Mark, um, he had built a house before, so this is actually his second build. Now his first build was also a self-built, but Mark works in the area, he's an engineer himself, so he had a lot of contacts. Um, And Mark would have great social skills in that he would be a great communicator, so any trades, that even if he meets someone at a match or in, at, at a run, he would be asking, "Oh, how are you finding the, the current climate in building? And he, he really had the finger on the pulse. Um, so I suppose we had a good confidence going forward in that we also wanted such a high quality finish and we felt that we had to go alone to really push the standards. And we felt that if we went to the builder, we'd be so involved anyway, we may as well go the direct labour route. Now, we I'll just finish with that. We we cheated a little bit because we actually went with our, our timber frame manufacturer would would call himself a passive specific timber frame manufacturer so we we didn't have to worry about um, I suppose the the structure side of it because he did the the timber frame the air tightness and and the insulation Um, but I suppose we had to hand him a perfectly aligned foundations and all the bits that come after that but it was a great help having someone on board for the timber frame
0: so then the design stage did you did you involve the timber frame company because they, they would often if you go with a kit like that um, they'd often suggest things to make their the building of their product easier for them as well and make it more cost effective for for what they're going to yeah. deliver on site.
1: Absolutely, and I suppose um, we would have had a lot of meetings before we even went to planning stage with our timber frame um, builder because we we actually a friend of ours um, would use this builder a lot. Um, and when you're going self build, you have to go on recommendations. And um, even just building, you have to go with kind of what people would recommend. Um, so we were highly recommended using this this timber frame builder. Um, so we would have we would have been talking to him in the very early days of design. And I suppose um, a passive build, um, if you're going for the certification, um, a specific design supports a passive, um getting certified passive more um, than like a big complicated build is, is harder to get passive um, rather than a simple build. Um, now it doesn't mean a, a build has to be boring, um, but we would have taken a lot of advice from and um, Shoalwater, the timber frame manufacturer that we used um, before we went to like final stage construction drawings, um, and he would have done all the construction details and everything because it's pre-manufactured it's, it's off-site, so it's prefabricated. And um, so we would have had all the, the window dimensions, we would have had everything finalized um, before we, we actually broke ground, um, and everything would have been ordered. So it's actually a really fast build. Um, by going timber Um, but in saying that it does um, mean that there is a little headache because um, the the funds are so front loaded with say a mortgage you have to pay basically for your timber frame and you have nothing to show um so, do you know, the way the banks and an engineer sign off has to prove that maybe the foundation has been late to release the next set of funds. Um, so it's very front heavy when you're going for a timber frame if it's been pre prefabricated um, before you break ground.
0: So would they would the bank take that into account? Were, were the stage payments weighed heavily at the front? Like or was it yeah, usually I, they I, do like, you know, just like 20 percent, three percent? Or yeah, make...
1: like I suppose when when you're going for a mortgage, you have to like first-time buyers would um you'd have your ninety percent loan to value, um so you'd have to have ten percent in savings anyway before it'd even allow you to get the mortgage. So what we ended up doing was like draining our savings dry before we um went to kind of built so like we would all our savings used um, and our engineer was very good as well to kind of work with us our sign off engineer and um, now i know there is there is mortgages that are green built green mortgages and stuff i don't know much about it we just went to a standard mortgage and um, it was a bit of a headache for us we got our planning permission easy enough but the mortgage was a a, a pretty long slog and um, so we were delighted to kind of get anything at all eventually um <laughs> But yeah, there's ways yeah, around terrible.
0: it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when was this? When did you, like, what, what time period was this? So when we,
1: get we, we broke ground in January 2020. So just before COVID hit in March. Um, but we would have gotten our planning permission approved, I think it was back in May or June 2019. So between our planning permission and the 2nd of January, and um, so say that six month period we were working with our timber frame manufacturer we were trying to get our mortgage um, and we were really just finalizing all the details and um, we probably would have had five or six um, meetings with the builder before we even broke ground and um, he would have come to us or we would have met him halfways and discussed even like window details and all the thresholds and everything um, so it was pretty um, intensive, even though we say we broke ground on the 2nd of January, we had a lot of the work done um, before that.
0: Yeah, and that's the key, obviously, is getting all that legwork done early on. So then, um, so so what, what did you have to do? So you had, obviously, you have to get planning permission, um, first yeah. and foremost. Um, what, what kind of, what, what's the checklist on that front? Yeah, so the to... planning,
1: the planning permission, like, like pretty much. Mark has a checklist of twelve things because Mark would have, um, in the recession, Mark set up his own business of Cliff Civil Engineering. It, he's not, he, he's not working in it at the moment, but he would have done a lot of planning permissions. That's where he first did the part, the passive house course. Actually, he did one of the first ones that was launched in Ireland, um, and uh, he was. I suppose he probably has four or five hundred planning permissions done and put through planning. And he's had a very successful success approval rate. Um, and we were kind of saying, geez, we'll jinx it now. And we'll probably, he, he, our own house will be the first one we we'll get knocked back on. Um, but thankfully, we got it first, first day. And mm. he kind of, yeah, we had our pre-planning meeting. We had all our... Um, checklist with paperwork really well dotted and crossed um and I actually it's my dad's land that we built on so I was you know a daughter of a farmer so that's kind of a big a big plus I know things are kind of changing maybe down the line but back two years ago it was we, we didn't have too much of an issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the planners I suppose do give you that a b- big checklist and you have to really follow it to the letter if anything's a bit off they send it back or yeah, and yeah, yeah and following the you know, yeah, and going with the planning guidelines kind of thing, I guess, would be the thing yeah. to quote and them it, as much it, as it, possible from the county exactly. development plan. And, but like, the thing is, feed I'm it back supposed- to them kind of thing.
1: I would get it a lot. Planning permission and cost per square foot are the two biggest questions I would get on Instagram yeah. um, and I'd be very honest, like I'm an open book when it comes to costs. I've nothing to hide whatsoever because, um, you know, we're all on a journey um, of trying to make our, make our money go as long and stretch as long as we can and be as prepared as possible, um, but also um, with, oh, what was I saying there, money and Oh, sorry, I've lost my train of
0: thought. <laughs> and the, well, with the planning as well is the the big thing and something you've you've highlighted is the, de- oh, the yes. development levies or the council yeah. fees or whatever way they call it. But basically, you know, That's for it. them to, the justification I suppose would be if you want to have a road in front of your house, public lighting, all these things, you have to contribute towards that as a developer would. So yes. it is a, and, for the one-off and, house fee, but it can be very high as well.
1: It's crazy. Yours um, wasn't too
0: bad though from memory, I think.
1: Yeah, no, ours was nine thousand euro. So when what? you look at it and you kind of Great. ask what are we getting okay. for that, you would question whereas up, in Mayo, up in Mayo I think it's like seven hundred euro. so that's where the difficulty lies, I think, with planning is because every county deve- every county has their own development plan and it can be totally different and each county can be on their own kind of, they're at their own stage. So one county might be like, do you know what, it's quite easy, like, do you know, like we want people building in County Waterford, but maybe we don't want people building in, in Wicklow on this road. And and it just, it changes all the time. So it's very difficult to keep up and for people to know what to kind of expect um, year on year um, with planning
0: yeah 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 Um, thankfully the planning process at least that's fairly straight not too expensive and fairly straightforward we'll say there's a good checklist and feed them back what they you know what they want to hear kind of thing a little bit um, and then i suppose the next thing is the commencement notice isn't it? And yeah. um, that's yeah, the next so step. Once you get your grant of planning, you have to wait a little bit, make sure yeah, no objection. So planning account. generally
1: takes planning takes eight weeks and then you have a four week objection period that any members of your locality might object. Um, and then once you, once you pass with no objections, then your, um, you, like if you were to be as quick as possible, then you have two weeks to get in your commencement notice to break ground. Um, and as well, if you're going self-build, you'll need to get your site insurance and um, sorted, which is about fifteen to two grand, fifteen hundred to two thousand euro, and um, and um. Yeah, like there's a lot which isn't before.
0: mandatory, but it's 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 quite important because if someone trespasses and breaks a leg or something, you could be liable that's as well. It. So absolutely,
1: yeah. and you know, even just having your site sealed off and having maybe even just signage up, like even just COVID signs, because the, the HSA inspector, you know, they, that's their job to find sites that are not being compliant. So you know, little things can can really add headaches to your bills. But if you know, throw up a sign saying COVID regs, <laughs> Covid, whatever you know. When Covid hit, we had to buy a few Covid signs and stick them up to show that we were compliant. Because as as self-builders, effectively, you're you're the builder. You know, you are you're over your site, so you know you kind of need to make sure that you're hitting all, ticking all the boxes.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And health and safety, there's, there's forms as well that you, you have to put together right. a plan upload. It's a, as part of kind of the commencement notice process, but it's separate. You have to go on the health and safety authority website and upload uh, your, yeah. your risk assessment basically for both design exactly. and construction. So that's, that can be Absolutely. a cost as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and print that out, I would say, and have it in a folder and like have it in the back of the car so that like, should you get a HSA inspection, you can you can throw it at them, and that quietens them fairly quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, and have uh, yeah, and the the hard hats and the steel cap toe boots and things. Yeah,
1: them <laughs> yeah, in know. the car, you, do you know, just because like when when we <laughs> started, and I was throwing pictures up on on Instagram, I was worried that like. When I was going around in the height of June, and it was roasting hot in shorts and a t-shirt, lifting blocks or whatever, I was like, "Oh God, we're going to get an, a a visit." But thankfully, we didn't have any. Um, but I have heard of a few visits. But they they probably play ball, you know. They probably give you a warning and then say, kind of, Do you know, um, yeah. we'll be back in a few weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and sort of, and and in fairness, they're there to make sure the site is safe, and everyone wants it safe. Like, so you don't want people falling off scaffolding or anything. Like, has to be done right. At the end of the day, yeah. yeah. So, so then, I suppose the site prep and all that kind of stuff was there a lot to do at the start for you. Sometimes it can take a bit to yeah, make no, sure luckily, that.
1: Luckily enough, we the we the flat we we the flat enough, so and um, there's a slight slope. So we didn't have any like breaking of rock or we didn't have any retention walls Um, and we did just break through the ditch um, to make an access point and dug it out and just got a lot of 804 down to make the, the site. Um, we were really proud of having a tidy site throughout the build. Um, so we just made sure that the, the trucks were able to come and go quite easily with their with their loads. And you know, we, we were very honest to try and keep our site as tidy as we could in regards having, having ton bags and having rubbish kind of clearly labeled for when people are there to kind of um, segregate their rubbish as best as we could. To manage yeah. The site um, mm.
0: so yeah. And and so the the like the storage areas and things like the like uh, I suppose you yeah. can't just because you also need electricity and water things like that. How did how? Yeah. That so with sorted?
1: electricity, we we thought it was a good investment maybe to buy a generator. So we got a good generator, um, and that that um, serviced us until we got our electricity turned on. So um, that was a massive plus. Um us and then in regards water we connected up to the farm supply the local farm supply here which just happens to be my dad um, and then um, let me see what other and then for for storage on site then we got a containers the storage shipping containers we, we bought a second-hand one for two euro um, and we kept all our stuff in it and we just got a toilet as well so as self-builders you are you have to have humanitarian facilities so we got our toilet and um, just a poor to do did like, you get a site.
0: kettle <laughs> did you get a kettle for
1: the big oh, tea well, no actually don't be saying that now but some of the <laughs> lads our, our foundation had arrived one day and like did the frying pan and everything in the back of the, the, the van like just oh great! Make a little camper couch. thing. What yeah, did a little yeah. get whatever guest little thing, and they they yeah. had their fried eggs in the morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair play to them. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. Um, so, what do you do with the shipping container? Do you have it in the garden, now or yeah, we actually
1: said we'd hold on to it and use it um, as a kind of a garage rather than building a garage. So, um, kind of just, it's a great purpose. And same as like we lived in a mobile home for the two years, I just feel like you know we can sell it on. Then you know if if we wanted to sell it on, it would mean we mightn't lose too much on it, and it was just a practical. Kind of answer to a, a kind of a, a need that was there that we needed to solve pretty quick. Um, yeah, hundred so percent. Yeah.
0: So you you were living on on a camper uh, in the camper van on the site itself. So you were there. Yeah, you were doing we security were, basically by living there in a way.
1: Yeah. Well, we weren't. We weren't right next to the site. We were just a little bit down the road, um, which was massive as well. Because every evening we 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 check in on it, um, and. Uh, kind of very much visible on site um but yeah make my family live around anyway so it was it was pretty cool
0: yeah yeah that's handy so then so the the stage of the foundation guys that you were talking about with the eggs um so what what was organized there did they like even for the cement mixers and yeah so
1: you that, yeah that was a big pressure on mark because i suppose the the fact that the timber frame is pre and like you can't make changes, you know, you have to get it bang on right. So we went to the passive raft type foundation, and this whole passive foundation was very new to Ireland. And so we we didn't even have anyone to really consult with much. Um, But we went with Kingspan for the the styrofoam, the aeroboard um, for the for the foundations, and it, like there's like denser bits and stuff. Um, and we did find that like the lads that did the foundations, we had to ask Kingspan to send an engineer to teach the lads because it was new to them. Um, so I suppose it's an investment for Kingspan because they're kind of like getting their product out there. That you know this hopefully will be a new thing. We actually did. My, my sister built at the same time as us and she did kind of a strip foundation and we were kind of saying that like maybe there's very little in the difference so in regards just to, to put it down um but we reckon like like long term obviously a, a passive foundation having all the thermal bridging covered and all your kind of loads done properly it'll save massive in the future and um, so we were we were delighted with that but again it was a massive headache for mark because all the pipes had to be exactly um placed into the foundation um like like millimetre precision um and uh, but the lads had good fun with the styrofoam getting do you know it was kind of a new thing that they they said it's the future like because it's just so easy to it's light it's do you know there's no back break and lifting blocks or pouring like massive like um carbon loaded concrete like into into the ground so like I still wouldn't be a, a fan of the the styrofoam I do think that the the manufacturers need to offer some sort of more sustainable policy because we did have a lot of leftover Um, styrofoam that was kind of cut off and stuff and that all went to landfill so i was a bit um i was trying to hold on to some of it saying sure could i put it at the bottom of of flower beds and and to prevent frost in the future and stuff to try and think of more sustainable ways of using it Um, whereas at least the timber frame we did find like timber is a natural insulator and you know it is it is an eco kind of friendly product um so yeah that's
0: yeah yeah Yeah, so then uh, in terms of organizing it, was the the like the, the you had a guy with a digger, or was it just like one one kind yeah, of company no. that organized it, or did you have to get the digger guy and then yeah,
1: the no, guys to We got, to come we, got the... we got a groundswork and um, guy, and he would work very closely with the lads that kind of d- helped us. So the groundswork guy came out and and dug it all out. And the thing with a a, a Rathdown foundation is there's actually no digging down. So it was a very easy, he just came and he just leveled it off um, with a kind of a grader, is it called a bob Bobcat? And it kind of has um, millimeter precision. So like the total level site got a bit of dust. And then the actual, the the, the, the Kingspan Aero, Aero board or whatever it's called, that just kind of lays on top of it then with different densities. Um, and you have the pipes sticking up from it. So we did have to get the the plumber actually down at that stage because he put in the ventilation system into the ground and um, our grounds work guy did our... ventilation
0: in the ground was it
1: yeah yeah the the, okay. the pipes the, yeah yeah so the the the, the pipes were, were put into the foundation system now you're getting a bit technical for me, Astrid. here now I might, <laughs> no I might no distract. just because
0: is the plant room the plant rooms out is in a garage or something or is it in the house where you have your yeah the, the
1: plant room is part of our airtight envelope, um, yeah. so it's part of the house. Um, okay. And in that we just have our ven- mechanical ventilation heat recovery system, which also has a water tank with it, our ele- electrical um, works, and just kind of all our cables brought back and stuff like that. Um, okay. So yeah, so the, the we had the plumber on site. Um, and the groundswork guy and then our our, our blocky as such did the foundations with us um to get it yeah up. and
0: with mark mark marked out all the positions and that's that's yeah. where the stress is to make sure you have it right because it's yeah, geez, if she not it's all on you like yeah
1: yeah i forgot about poor mark like mark <laughs> should be millimeter precision and so well, like and as an engineer yeah. he's handy at using levels and and um
0: yeah oh, he knew oh, what oh, he was oh, doing box. like but it's you know it's still it's still on you like it's it is a it is responsibility um so then so you so you have your foundations in so the next phase is to receive your kit isn't it or what you already yeah. you'd already had your windows sorted at this stage i presume and and how you were yeah, going to build the roof yeah, and everything stuff.
1: everything was ordered like before we even broke ground had the windows ordered. um so we we were basically, we, we got a little bit delayed with the timber frame, just because we were managing with the mortgage and stuff like that. So we got pushed back just a little bit. And um, uh, so the timber frame started and within, within kind of a week, the timber frame was up, but then the pressure was on and we didn't realize COVID was gonna hit so hard, but thankfully the, the Friday afternoon that the COVID, like the big, big first lockdown that like there was nobody on the street, that evening like just like an hour before the news start broke of the big lockdown um, we got the the roof and on and slates on and seals we were watertight so that was massive because that would have literally delayed us a good bit Um, so yeah so we the timber frame flew up we had cranes on site it all went in and the the outside the, the the um Exterior walls went in first, and then the interior walls, um, and then the the roof. I and mean, we literally slated and felt the roof. Um, there so and you then. got a so roofer
0: in and for that, or was that with we the did, timber? Fir- yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It was so separate we, then. We no, the, the roof was was part of it. Um, was part of the package with the timber frame. But okay, we got a great. roofer to do the the slates and the fascia soffits and the downpipes and stuff like that. Um. But again, like, it's just, it's just about talking to the trades and be like, is, like, what can you do for us, like, and how, like, what's your availability? And, like, Mark didn't know, didn't know everything. Like, so uh, communication was a huge part of kind of getting everything kind of planned out. Um, so, and
0: why, why didn't they slate it for you if they offered to, to build the, the roof? They didn't. The timber frame company didn't have that as a service, so was it dearer to get them to do it as opposed no, to I, you guys organising? I don't, organizing?
1: I don't, I don't yeah. think they do that. Like we didn't. The timber frame company. We actually built timber frame house, but we 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 um, wrapped it in a block. Um. So there's blocks. There's one layer of blocks all around the house. Um. And like the the block, we got a separate block layer to do that. Um, so why did infinity. you go with that?
0: Because why did you choose to put block? Is it for was it for planning or was it just you no, wanted we, to have
1: the blocks inside? Yeah, I know. We were just talking about the the Irish block mentality. <laughs> um, we just felt that it's it's a it's a nice finish um, on a house. We have the stone and we have the zinc as well added. So um we didn't want uh, a crazy like futuristic kind of house. We kind of wanted to just keep it simple. And um, so we just felt that the block was a was a nice addition.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um so then so the you, you obviously had a block layer then separately to the contract to come and, and put that up for you then. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we, the block yeah. layer pretty much um came kind of once COVID kind of settled down. He came and started put, throwing up the blocks. Um, and uh, then, once the blocks are done, we added a, a layer of kind of stone, natural stone as well. Um, so, we have the natural stone, and then we have the natural slates above, which the roofer did. And then we had a separate trade that did the zinc box window and did a bit of cedar as well. Um, and then we went at once to joinery for the windows. So, we have a lot of windows in the house. Um, and I suppose, chassis side of things, I suppose, um, we went to the Joinery the future-proof triple-glaze windows. Um, so we, when you're designing a passive house, um, you have to put the, the design of the house into PHPP software. So it's similar to BER, but BER would be more like, that's that's your, your building regs at the moment, your ABC-rated homes, and it kind of, the, the, the difference between like we are going in the right direction, I think, to get homes better. But say BER doesn't consider your heating demand. So as you said at the start, we have we have no central heating system here, and um, so we actually save thousands by not doing that. So we we calculate and thousands
0: on in on putting in the system itself. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yes, yeah. so we we um the PHVP told us exactly that we only had a three point two kilowatt heat demand in the house. So we actually didn't need to go to the expense of putting in underfloor heating um, or air to water or anything like that so our actual ventilation Neelan is a compact system so it actually has a a heating element which is similar to a heat pump so it's like an air to water mini little unit in our system Um, and it also has the ventilation and it all and with ventilation you have to kind of calculate the size of your house to make sure that your your system is working like it's kind of marrying like if we went any bigger with the house we're 3,050 square foot if we went any bigger we would have had to get a a second system because it literally we were at the limit with the system we had because it's all done on like these calculations and so we knew exactly our figures going into the build and the ventilation system we have as well has a little cooling element so every ventilation system a lot of them have a summer bypass and that's 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 okay but it doesn't really kind of cool as such so we have a little bit of cooling but it does it does not deal with the intense heat you do get that we got a while ago and i know in ireland we're we're obsessed with heating houses but in actual fact ireland doesn't have a cold climate we have a very neutral climate here in ireland so we don't get extremes hot and cold. so it's perfect for a passive house and so like when when we did our calculations, we had uh, the original design with a 38% overheating need, and we were like, Jesus. So we pulled out like the south facing VLOX and we added in the Brie Soleil, which is basically like just a peak cap over, the, over some of the south and east facing glazing. And that then stops the intense sun coming in, um, and you still get the light. So it just kind did of did it work? We don't have the bracelet in yet, it's, it's the okay. next project, um, but we did we did find with the design and, and with the bit of kind of active cooling that we had in our ventilation system we were sleeping soundly at night uh, with windows closed there during the hot period where all our friends were like in high 20 degree heat and windows open. Um, and a ventilation system as everyone probably knows here like if you if you have 28 degrees outside it is bringing in 28 degrees into your house it's just purified and lovely and pure it's still hot and um, so i think you know where we have a lot to learn here in our, we're still kind of learning and we're, we're doing our best but um it's a uh, it, there is a lot to it and um, so yeah so the the passive we we, we kind of we don't have overheating we have solar gain but it's manageable So hence why it's a very like a passive house. I often get asked, what's a passive house? It's a low energy build. That's what it is. So like by dealing with thermal bridging, by dealing with um, your solar gains, and you don't have massive overheating. Like a passive house, it won't get certified if it has overheating issues. So that's a big difference between that and BER. And then as well, it's all manageable. In regards to costs, you don't have like if we if we were just going BR, we probably would have thought naturally we need to put in underfloor heating. If we have a big house, it's going to be hard to heat. But when you do the calculations, it, it actually doesn't need to be um need to be put in. So yeah. it's just it and a BR is about I think like you know it's it's a different maybe between about a thousand euro between if you do a PHPP calculation or if you do a BR calculation. And I'm not dissing BR at all. It does have a lot of merits. Um, and we're definitely going in the right direction, um, but we still have another bit to go.
0: Yeah, and I suppose you have to do the the BER calculations, as you said, because that uh, that is to prove compliance with the regs. So that's um, that's something you have to do, and then and then to actually, yeah, and then the PHPP is kind of a specialist design software which actually delivers, as you as you explain. That's great. And just to just to finish kind of um, direct labor tips, advice, um, what what would be kind of the main things that you would you would tell someone, I suppose, keeping the site tidy is a huge thing, as you said, waste management, a big deal as well. Because there are a lot of costs yeah. associated to these things. Tidying up after the trades, I guess, things like that. I don't know. Are there any specific yeah. things that you would tell a friend that would self-build there? Uh-huh. Or-
1: Yeah, definitely take ownership of your house. I would say if you're starting off in this journey, like work hard to know, research everything, throw yourself into it there. If the more you do, the better your results will be. So like buy the magazines, like join these lives. You're going to learn a lot. So I would say like really just full heartedly enter into this process of building. If you're not willing to, I would say buy a house and just do it up nice. But if you really want a high quality forever home, like just, just dive into it, get your hands dirty, be on site cleaning it. And um, absolutely like, you know, make it your own and with a good design. Like at the design stage, you can do so much. Once you kind of start construction, you're tied. You know, you've kind of laid out your stall. There's very, it's hard to make changes and changes cost money. Um, so definitely you might think you've started this field because you haven't broke ground when you break ground that's you're in the second half of the build already the first half, like the first say year that you're designing your house you're looking at what your budget is and and just with budget mind your cash flow and don't don't be paying out just because you have a lovely big mortgage and you've loads of savings hold on to every single penny and only pay what you have to pay out on the build. and don't be paying for your kitchen when you haven't even done foundations and so
0: yeah yeah some things require deposits but yeah never pay things in advance i
1: suppose yeah
0: so much to to talk about but listen Neve, thanks so much really appreciate it great
1: thanks a million astrid thanks for having me thanks, thanks a minute.
0: you too take care bye Bye. join us next time for more tips and advice from experts and self-builders alike And if you haven't already, subscribe to SelfBuild Plus. It'll give you full access to the selfbuild.ie website, including the SelfBuild Plus Journey, which is your step-by-step guide to self-building and home improving. Your membership also gives you first access to all videos and podcasts, as well as access to our members-only Facebook group, which features regular Facebook Live events.